You're listening to Let's go. the Second Opinion Podcast. Second Opinion on what? I think we should get a second opinion. Where all things gaming are on our mind all the time. That's all I can think about. Just like the name says, we might have some different opinions. So get yelling, laughing, crying, and of course some very opinionated gamers. Here are your hosts, Celeb, Bolt, and TJ. Joel Pop finally came in, so that's a good thing. You're what? Well, you probably can't hear me because that fucking package over there. You're like, hey, you leave my package alone. I said my Joel Pop finally came in. Joel? Oh, from The Last of Us? Yeah. What did you, uh, What? which one did you say you got? You got the, the child? I got the child with the little, um, the little ball knob. Uh-huh. And I got, uh, Darth Raven, uh, cause I gave the other one to my son. Yeah. And then I also picked up a Tiny Tina from Borderlands 3 on clearance. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm eating too. Well, yeah. my thing, I like, I have, I have Ratchet and Clank coming on Pops. I have um, uh, Briggs coming or Bridges coming, and then I have of Madison County. Um, yes, <laughs> and then I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> um, and then I have um, uh, Sweet Tooth. I do comes too. at the end. I of have the a month. Sweet Tooth coming too, bro. Yeah, bro, it's a sick pop. Yep. Man, uh, dude, I got um, I got all the um, uh, next month in December. I have all the Star Wars Clone Wars coming, and I have yeah. all the Master Chiefs coming. I just mainly have like the PlayStation pops, but I think. I don't know, man. Like, I really want to set that money because, like, you know, all those together, it's like all the pops that I had pre-ordered is like $189. I would really rather set that money to the side for, like, PlayStation 5 stuff. And I absolutely understand that. Um, You know, if if Microsoft did pops, we'd have, like, three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they did Halo. And they did Gears. But there's more games. Exactly. Brah. But I, there's I, a you lot know of PlayStation games. No, there are. There, there absolutely are. Um, I would love to see them do a Lost Odyssey because I think they're, the creatures that they could pull out of oh, Lost Odyssey. Oh, Lost Odyssey. God, man. You last, remember that guy? The, hey, my, the last true turn-based RPG, um, which was... Uh, I loved it so much. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Okay, so oh, it's yeah. a good way of starting the podcast oh, out. So that dude, bro. Back in the day... Right after Lost Odyssey launched, me and Bolts were at work at GameStop. Mind you, mind you, Lost Odyssey on the 360 at the time was four disc. Uno, dos, tres, and cuatro. And how long was the game? I mean, it was fucking long. It was, it was about 100 hours, depending on depending if you <laughs> you did everything. And, and that's the truth. Oh, bro. So the guy bought the game the previous night, came back the next day at like 12... And was like, all right, well, hey, I want to trade this in. And Bolts was like, <laughs> Bolts, Dude, I was dumb fat. Bro. Bolts was like, uh, oh, you, you didn't like it. And he goes, no, I beat it. And Bolts <laughs> did like the old school, like slow look up, like, excuse me. What did you just say? He was like, I beat it, man. I beat it. You know, it's okay. It's not that good. And then I just started laughing and Bolts started laughing. And he's like, what? And I was like, there's no way you beat it. And he said, yeah, man, I beat it. And he said, and Bolts was like, did you just play the first disc and forget about the other ones? No, I beat the whole game. And Bolts was like, listen, bro, 
I'm not the type of person that's just, you know, especially whenever I'm up here at work, just going to just call people out. But you're you're full of it, bro. There's no way that you beat a 100-hour game in 24 hours. There's no possible way. The guy's like, well, it is what it is. You can believe what you want. I just, I want my money back. And uh, at that time, we had a policy, I think, to where, like, you could give them the money back or it was like... 100% of the store credit or something. Yeah, I think it was it was all store credit. Yeah, so he, he ended up getting it back. But, God, man, I remember how that stuck with me forever. I was, like, I was so no pissed, fucking way. I wish I could run into that guy now and be like, so, Lost Odyssey, huh? Like, you, are you still playing it? Or are you gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I'm on disc three. <laughs> fucking chode. Oh, uh, man. So welcome to the Second Opinion Podcast, episode number 304. It's your boy, Celeb, back again with another great episode coming your way right here on Cineleaks.com. Or you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and soon-to-be Amazon Music, and a few other places <laughs> as well. <laughs> Amazon Music. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say it right now at the beginning before we get into anything else. I would really like it if everybody would send us messages or, you know, tweet us out. Um, If you go to anchor.fm and search Second Opinion Podcast, you can actually leave us voice messages. Or if you're listening to this on Anchor, if you go up to the top of our page, you'll see a little thing that says messages. Click on there, send us some voice messages and tell us what you think about uh, some of the gaming topics that we're talking about this week. Um, but if not, what I'm going to get back to the point of doing is doing questionnaires before the podcast and then, you know, kind of reading over them as we go along. I, you know, I, I really wish I would honestly go in there and comment, give us give us some feedback, and, and we'll, we'll hit you up with the right or wrong yeah, response, sure, bro. Because our listener basis is, is, is definitely growing. Um, it's hard to keep a listener basis um, when, we, when we have switched the way that we have. You know, when we first started the podcast – um, we were centralized of like uploading it on a website. Then we got to the point of having it on like Spreaker on all these other places. So moving it back and forth, it's, it's been really hard to kind of keep it consistent, uh, listener basis, but we're really trying to s- stay where we're at now. Anchor is a really great app. And if you want to start your own podcast, definitely make sure to check it out. But <clears throat> with that said, let's go ahead and get down into it. What have, uh, how's your life? And and what you've been gaming, man? Life has been okay. Um, it's it's starting to get a little hectic. Uh, this week at UPS is Amazon Prime Week. Uh, well, Amazon Prime two days. Yeah. Um, thirteenth to fourteenth, which usually usually takes place, I think, in July. Uh, yeah. but of course, COVID nineteen wrecked havoc to everything that we know of normal normalcy. So they put it back in October, which is great because it's only two weeks before basically peak season really starts hitting. So you know, it's whatever. Um, kind of get you ready for peak season. Yeah, I guess. fuck that, man. We ready every year, bro. It's what we do, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, um, just working, working, no gaming, working. Really? I haven't really touched the game in a, in in a few days. Um, I played I played a little bit of um, or uh, Ori and the Wisp, the second one, um, the other day. Um, it's really it made it's so much different than the first one, man. Yeah. You know, it's like the, how much different though? I mean, there, there's got to be—is it like similarities and like different levels and stuff like that? Or? No, no. The, the whole layout of the game is pretty is pretty much the same. Um, you know, you basically got this one massive level. Okay, it's like it's, it's like so you take a TV and 
or or you take a thin piece of glass and you get ants and you can see all the tunnels and stuff like that through the ant farm you know yeah that's basically what the level is but okay. in order to get to each level to each section of the level you have to do certain stuff and so on and so forth so eventually the ant farm tunnels grow which is the level itself grows into this bigger this bigger area um but no it's just it's it's different you have you have upgraded uh, upgradable um, attributes um and it's just it's 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 a little bit it's it's a lot more fun because you have a lot more stuff that they added from from the first one to the second one that gives you a little bit more um uh diversity of what you can do with your character you know your spirit so on and so forth it's like i said i i dig the shit out of the two games they're really fucking great they're really fucking fun and i i just love them okay and my character's super cute just saying <laughs> whatever um he's adorable <laughs> He haunts your dreams. Does he? Does he haunt my dreams? Well, uh, yeah. you know, life is life. It is what it is. Um, it is what it gaming is. Gaming-wise, um, I've been playing. Uh, starting back penis? tomorrow, I'm going to be playing. Oh, yeah, you got to download it. Call of Duty Cold War Beta. The cross-platform uh, beta starts oh, tomorrow. Okay. Um, so I've been playing the Call of Duty beta. Our impressions are going up uh, tomorrow. Uh, me and Dustin had our impressions um, about uh, the the PlayStation 4 exclusive beta. Um, and I got to say, it is fucking great. It's a really, really fun multiplayer game. And I have to say one thing that I did not expect to really change the way that I play the game is the field of view scaler. They, they implemented that into this beta and it makes my character so much faster. It, it like, it's ridiculous. Like every first person game should have this on console. Now this is something that is usually always available for like PC, but it's nuts how much it changes everything. You know what I'm saying? That, that just that aspect of being able to see, you know, everything in front of you so much easier. The speed of your player moves ridiculously quicker um, it's just great, bro. It really, really changed the way that I was playing. But um, we played a lot of stuff. We, you know, we played, um, you know, the uh, combined arms mode, which is basically, um, I think there's a total of like 16 versus 16 or something like that, or yeah. 20 versus 20. I'm pretty sure it's 16 versus 16, but you can do have vehicles and it like adds those modes in there. So you can do like domination. I think there is possibly a team deathmatch. I really can't remember if there was, but then I did play the VIP escort thing. And I got to say like, it's cool, but at the same time, it wasn't the biggest highlight for, for me. It wasn't something I was just like, Oh God, I got to go play this again. Um, because you have basically like the enemy team is trying to extract certain items mm -hmm. and then your VIP is trying to steal that stuff and you have to like take them back to a certain area. And it was just, I don't know, man, it was okay. Like there was no respawn. You know what I'm saying? It was just like when you die, you die. Um, and you got to wait until the, the, the next uh, round. <laughs> like, like Drago, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I felt really weird about it. I was just kind of like, okay. But combined arms was great. Um, and then they had it set up as like quick matches to where you can do team deathmatch, you know, kill confirmed, all this other stuff. And I really, really enjoyed my time. So I'm very excited to get into it again tomorrow. Uh, I was playing a lot of it with um, with my coworker and friend, Jesus. Um, and I was really impressed with with the game. But 
I think I'm starting to have that next generation console envy because playing on the TV that I am and putting it at the field of view and all this other stuff, like, you know me, bro. Like, whenever I play, even though I do have a big TV, I sit pretty close to the TV. Um, and not, like, extremely close, but, I mean, pretty close. And I was noticing things about it. Like, I was noticing, like, graphical tears and, like, rough edges and all this other stuff. Right, right. And I was like, if we... If I get a PS5 or even an Xbox in the long run, and it is not significantly approved, like improved to where I don't see these, listen, listen, I it, will be upset. Now, but I know it's going to. It's, it's going to be because, and I can tell you right now, going from the 1S to the 1X, the difference. It, oh my God. Yeah. You know, the, everything is so much smoother, so much crisper. The, the game itself runs quicker, faster, smoother on the X than it does the 1S. Yeah. You know, there are times whenever even my, my uh, when I'm in the lobby waiting for a game to start, you know, even, even loading the characters on the screen that with your teammates, it takes forever with the 1S. And the 1X, I had no issue. So you will see it, and that's for damn sure. Yeah. <sighs> Well, um, but I've been playing that, and I've also been playing Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. I got to give a big shout-out to my friends over at Activision for uh, letting us check this out. Um, I'm just floored, dude. Like, you know, they're, they're such good people over there, man. And I think a lot of these companies always get bad raps because, like, some of the weirdest reasons. But Activision was, like, really good to us. Um, uh, at last year's E3. Bolts can attest to that. They were super awesome. We got to check out a ton of different Activision games. Um, and uh, they actually, um, just like just to be friendly, let me check out the game because I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. And um, it's just awesome, man. I don't know how else to say it. So um, I'm going to be giving my full impressions on the next episode of the podcast. If that's either a solo cast or it's just like 20 to 30 minutes of me giving my impressions of Call of Duty and Crash Bandicoot in the next couple of days, or if it's on next week's episode, I really don't know. But I am going to get back to the point of posting those episodes to where instead of just having like one episode a week, we're going to have like, you know, three episodes a week. Um, and, you know, I think Bolts is okay with that. You know um, I am. Uh, but there's just times that I think we can centralize certain episodes of the podcast and talk about like a few things here. Absolutely. And then on like another episode, we talk about all the game and stuff. And then one episode, is just me talking about my opinions or like celeb suggests sections of, of whatever. But I am really impressed with crash bandicoot four. Let me just say that. Like, I am really impressed. Like it looks so good. And I mean, I said the same exact thing about an insane trilogy. I said the same exact thing about, you know, uh, nitro fueled, but this game looks really good, man. I, I, at first when they announced that crash was going to have that new look to where he was going to, he was kind of more like stretched out and more kind of cartoonish. Like he was already cartoonish, but like his hair is kind of longer. And I, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of weird at first, but like, I am just floored how amazing this game looks and how how smooth it plays. It does still have that whole um, aspect that Crash has always had to where, like, Crash is the original Demon Souls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, there's still a lot of times that you'll play the game and you get frustrated because it's like, oh, I just want to get this shit. So uh, I'm kind of at the point that, like, 
I do. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to collect as many crates and, and, and all this other stuff, wampa fruits as I can. But like, if it comes down to collecting a crate that's way the f off, like hanging off by its side, or like actually completing the level, I'm gonna choose completing the level. So, but I'll have my more uh, a little bit more impressions and and uh, a second opinion review on the podcast very soon. Um, but outside of that, honestly, um, I haven't really been playing Among Us that much uh, anymore. Um, I still play it every once in a while, but. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting for them to do some a little bit of a couple of updates. It gets really irritating playing Among Us, and you have people that are consistently dropping out of matches. So, like when you get to ten, the person that started the match has the ability of like you know, or when your lobby gets to ten people, the the person that is hosting it has the ability of starting the match. So whenever you start the match, and then like right when the match starts or right when the game starts, you have like four people leave. It gets so irritating. Or like if you suggest that, you know, blue is sus, you know, uh-huh. or whatever, and they get irritated and they just quit the game. Like it just really takes me out of it, bro. Like so, so bad. And I wish, I know this is, I don't know if people feel that this is like non-player friendly or not, but I wish that if you like all, had already started the match and you quit the game, then you can't play the game for another 15 minutes. Or something, you know what I'm saying? Because that's irritating as shit to me, man. And it's at first it was just kind of like not really that common of a thing, but like now people just get to the point they get so irritated they just drop out. They're like, "No, nah, I'm done." So well, you know, in Call of Duty, they did that for a while. If you ended a match so many times in a row, yeah, um, before the match ended, if you quit, rage quit, or whatever, yeah, you couldn't play for like an hour or something like that. <clears throat> really? Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, but with that being said, talking about our top gaming news and all this other stuff, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff on this Penises. episode. Yes, exactly. We're going to be talking about a lot of, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff on this <laughs> episode. I got him choked up, yo. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, in our top gaming news today, we're going to be talking about Borderlands 3. We're going to be talking about Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War, Spider-Man Miles Morales, oh, Burger King. Spider-Man again? <laughs> Seriously? Quantum Dreams, Cyberpunk 2077. But before that, we're going to talk about some two really awesome topics that I'm excited to talk about. So in segment one today, we're going to be talking about something that just got released this morning. Assassin's Creed Valhalla Deep Dive gets us hyped for this game. And let me tell you something, guys. If you haven't had a chance to really watch this deep dive or watch the like hour-long live stream that Ubisoft put out of like the gameplay, let me tell you, you are missing out. It is... So, so good, and my boy Bolts watched it. So, real quick, before we, before I hand the mic over to Bolts, because I know he has a lot of stuff to say about what he saw in that trailer. Some of the key features that are coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, they're adding uh, advanced RPG mechanics, allowing you to shape the growth of your character and influence the world around you. A visceral combat system, uh, system uh, dual-willed powerful weapons such as axes, swords, and even shields, uh, which is really cool. They showed that in that little live stream. Uh, du- like, they had a setup to where it was like he was just dual-wielding two shields, and he beat the shit out of this yeah. guy with two shields, which is great. Um, and the, one of the other key features is it has a dark age open world. Sail from the harsh 
uh, and mysterious shores of Norway to, uh, to the beautiful but forbidden kingdom of England and beyond. Immerse yourself in the Viking way of life. Um, and then they're talking about how you can grow your settlement. You can create and customize your own clan. Um, so this game is looking so good. Now, this is actually done more by the development team that was behind Origins than it is Odyssey. So, I'm very, very excited about this. Now, Bolts. What? I want you to really <laughs> talk about what you saw in this trailer and why you're even more excited for this game now. You know, it was a great trailer. It's going to be a good game, so. <laughs> more than that. <laughs> no, um... Let's first start. Let's 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 just let's get into this. Okay, so you know Assassin's Creed Two really really dove into the aspect of of you know the you know the big the big mansion his uncle had or whatever. You could you could dress up that you could dress up the mansion. You could dress up the town. You know so on and so forth. Yeah. Um. It was really really neat, cool little aspect to Assassin's Creed that lets you expand. You know the 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 universe a little bit more. Yeah. Um. The world, I should say. Um, now, Assassin's Creed 3, where you could take Connor and make an entire plantation, you know? Yeah, a, a lumber, that was really cool. It was, you know, you, you, you met these these characters that you kind of you kind of bonded with, um, and it just added a... <laughs> did not know I had right? sound on. It so. just added a whole other aspect to the game. Yeah, it did. You know, f f you know families having children, and 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 it, it just, it was, it's, it's so cool to... To take this massive world that is Assassin's Creed, and you're able to, to just build in, build into the world more, yeah. you know, just make it more involving. Yeah. Um, Black Flag, you, you know, yeah. Since Black Flag was just, it, it was even even more pinnacle, you know. Yeah. You had you had this little this dog, this little, um, ocean view, uh, little little house, and you had you could do a dog, you could do this, you could build rebuild your mansion. And it's just it's so it's such a great aspect. I love it all. Now they they took that away for a little bit, right? Like <clears throat> with there was a couple of Assassin's Creed games that were in between these that you didn't really have the ability. Yeah, of yeah, doing like that. like um like Rogue, you didn't do it. Um, Did they do it in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? I, I you know what I don't I don't think so because I think there was some weird thing. It was almost like tower defense yeah that was in it, it was so, it was something it was something like that but you could you could outfit your clan and stuff like that um brotherhood revelations not so much um of course the the the, the weird off like side scrolling china and russian ones i don't yeah. understand see like when they showed <laughs> off the first imagery of that uh -huh. like when it was rumored coming out yeah. i remember you and me were like yes Yes, yeah. an Asian set. Like, exactly. Oh my god, I was so excited. Setting a uh, setting like East Asia and all this other stuff, and then me and Bolt started throwing around. I was like, "What if it's not in East Asia?" And it was a what chick too, Japan? bro. Yes, I was like, "What if it's in like Japan?" It's like samurai Assassin's uh -huh. Creed. Like that's what's what we've wanted. Exactly. Nope. Big old letdown. <laughs> and of and of course, you know, one of the one of the the uh, the most beautiful games that you ever play. I didn't like like the gameplay so much because it felt fidgety. But that yeah. was Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, rebuilding London. Oh, oh yeah. And, and the image of your own uh, of the rooks, your clan, and then you're doing this. Oh, so the the world of Syndicate was really really pretty. Now, did Syndicate come out before Unity, or did it come out after Unity? I believe it came out before. Okay, because I remember, like. <sighs> 
Unity, of course, after all the updates and the fixes for the major oh, bugs, God, man, that... it was a it was a fairly good game, and they really put a lot of work into making like France really look like France. Yeah, but oh, my it, God, those bugs when it first came out, it was, I, it was not something I was even it was gonna awful. play. But when you introduced Origins to me, it just opened my eyes tenfold. Like I was like, this is not Assassin's Creed. There's like one part of my mind, and right. then the other part of my mind was like, "This is what I've always wanted from Assassin's exactly. Creed." And of course, you know, you you, you go, f- you you're, you're the 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 last gen console, the last Assassin's Creed was Black Flag, and of course we went to um, uh, we went to the next gen. Yeah. Um, and then and then they uh they I think they did Syndicate, and then of course they did Origins, and now yeah. Origins was a completely remake of the entire series from the ground up to this huge massive rpg style um world which i i fell in love with mm-hmm. um <clears throat> you know it, it started with the egyptians the pharaohs the the very first civilizations uh that ruled the world you know yeah. and it had this massive battle battle scenes where you could fight the gods anubis all of them and it was just, it was such a great aspect. And of course, Assassin's Creed Odyssey built on that a little bit more. Yeah. And of course, in those two games, you didn't rebuild anything. Yeah. You just, you just, you you had a ship that you could modify. Um, you could modify your character a whole lot more. Um, and, and that's where those aspects come from. Now, what we just saw of Assassin's Creed Valhalla was epic in proportions. It yeah. was just... It has just just by just you know like we said we haven't played it, we've seen some gameplay, we've seen the trailers, we've seen the stories, we've seen the the descriptions of what this game is to offer, and it has literally taken every aspect of every Assassin's Creed game that has been great in each of those games, and it looks visually and physically they're putting it into this game. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with you on that. It's it's <clears throat> it's literally, uh, and this is not meant as a pun, but it's the unity. Of like, all f- like some of the best aspects of the Assassin's yes. Creed series all in one. You know they're taking all that stuff from the previous games earlier on in the series. They're adding it to these games that are now more massive in in in, in scope as a as a whole. Absolutely. Now they did say that Valhalla's map is not as big as Odyssey, but I think with all these other ad like I don't think first off I don't think it's dramatically like dramatically dramatically. Let me just made up a word. Dramatically smaller as as a guy who has explored the map of Odyssey twice edge to edge, brim mm-hmm. to brim. There are very there are very few play maps that I've explored that are just so 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 vast and so so. Did it tire you out? It, <clears throat> midway through Cassandra, which was my second playthrough, yeah, you god dang right it did. You were like, okay, you know, I finally, <laughs> you know, because I didn't just I didn't follow the missions, I didn't follow the main story. I I did almost one hundred percent of my side quest before I even before I even started the main quest. And and of course you have to do the main quest to get to a certain point in the game, yeah. And then from there you can go. All right. So of course, I, by the time I got to the main part of the story, I was I was spent in the second one. And I have <laughs> and I haven't and I haven't even dove into the to the DLC. <laughs> the yet. actual yeah. The DLC. So let's let's get. I was about a hundred and a hundred and thirty hours in whenever I completed the entire map and the main story and the side quest of the main game itself. And then I dove into the DLC, which were two other maps that I had to explore. 
So, crazy. I mean, it was an, an aspect. You take all those maps, fucking geez. Okay. <laughs> so if, 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 if the map, if the map is not as big as Odyssey, yeah. I am perfectly okay with that. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is like, from what we saw in the trailer, it seems like they have added aspects to this game that are going to keep you more, uh, more enthralled and not like, like, of course I'm going to take the, take the actions that bolts did. Um, because I did that at first, um, I, I kind of tried to explore as much as a map that I could. Mm -hmm. That didn't really fuck me, you know what I'm saying? Because of like level caps and exactly, all that other shit. Exactly. But the the areas of the map that I can explore that are not really going to screw me over a lot are are going to be ones that I'm going to check out first, and I'm going to try to explore as much as I can. But the fact that you can do missions, build up your clan, like completely build your clan in, in a perspective of the way that Far Cry Primal did and other previous Far Cry games uh, or some par far, far Cry games to where you can actually, uh, like, in, in Primal, as you did missions and you went along, you were actually able to upgrade your, like, your legions right. or your clans right. uh, areas and give them more stuff. And as you gave them more stuff, more upgrades came to you. They became more powerful. So I'm thinking that's going to be the same aspect in Valhalla is that you're going to be able to upgrade this stuff and with those upgrades comes more for you comes absolutely more for your clansmen and, and and the whole like like sim city aspect you know and and that's really what i also think because i guarantee you can sit there and play that whole game and just build your civilization oh yeah and and that's yeah. and that's another and that's a neat aspect i could see you and tj definitely really like i'm gonna focus on it but i could see y'all really really focused oh, oh on i'm it. gonna be balls deep bro yeah i know balls deep <laughs> It's going to be Suction. your whole life. You know, and, and, and it's the truth. And, of course, I won't be playing it until after the holidays because it's a whole UPS. But that's a whole other story. But, yeah, it's 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 you can build this civilization. And, and what's cool, it looks like this world is going to have these kingdoms. You know, well, I'll take Wessex, for for example. <clears throat> Before England, of course, there was there was Wessex. There was, like, North Cumbridge and, and, and all those other <clears throat> little little those countries that eventually unit became unity and became England. Yeah. But you know, back then you had yeah you had little small towns with like a tavern and an inn and like a horse stable, but everything revolved around those cities. Yeah. You know those 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 countries. You know what you know Wessex. You know at, was 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 this one centralized centralized location, and then it spread out into the wild, and then yeah. you had these small little towns. Um, Odyssey was a lot like that. Yeah. Um, when you went from, say, you went from Athens to Sparta, you were going through the woods the whole time. Yeah. Every now and then you may pop up on a settlement or something like that, or a little little training camp or a little campsite or something or whatever. But but the aspect of from town to town and in the wilderness between is is really really came forth. Yeah. And they're going to do that again in 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 Valhalla. They're going to have to because that's the way the country was built back then. Yeah. Um, now going back to the aspect of, of as you, as you, as you're building, as you're raiding and getting resources, building your civilization, building your clan, making them more powerful. You know, you talked about, um, you're able to, uh, build up your, your lieutenants, basically yeah. your legion yeah. and you can make them more powerful and you can customize them and so on and so forth. It is just, it's going to be so in depth Yeah. and I absolutely cannot wait. It's well, going to. So, no, I was going to say something to add with what you said, too. Like, outside of just building your lieutenants, the fact that they added the 
really, really cool feature to this game. You can, you can customize your lieutenants, of course. You can build them up as much as possible. But let's say Bolts has a lieutenant that... Or, you know, um, a, a Viking, you know... You will want to use my lieutenant. I can use them online. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. Like, if I go for a raid and me and Bolts are friends online or whatever else, I can use his... some Like, one of his lieutenants to go to the raid with me, raid the village and do whatever, and then his lieutenant goes back to his clan and brings Bolts resources and whatever else from my raid. Absolutely. How fucking cool is that? That's really cool. Dude. How cool is That's that, so bro? Great. That's such a good addition. And to add also what you said too, you were talking about the uh, the the world and being able to like do this exploration. You're going to be able to go to so many places. You're going to be able to go to, you know, you're you're going to be able to like of course explore Norway, explore England, explore, you know, all the, you know, connections to England and they also added the fact that you're going to be able to like go to your your is it your seer is that right? Yes. Your seer, and you can connect to Asgard. Yep. You can go to like mythological worlds and stuff. And one thing that me and Bolt saw that really tripped us out. I saw Bolt through the same face I did. There was a part in the trailer to where it showed a Native American. On a boat. On a canoe. On a canoe. Going down the river. Going down the river. I'm like, bro, are we going to America? Like, how? Oh, man. Yeah. And, and, the and expansion. Exactly. On exactly. And and see that and see that right there, depending on what kind of DLC they come out with, if they come out with any, because I haven't heard any about them launching any. You know, I, I'm sure they're going. I, to. I know they will. But, you know, even Odyssey, when it first when it first popped off, you know, you heard about DLC. DLC, DLC will come after, you know, so on and so forth. But, um. But the aspect of going to your seer and connecting you to Asgard, that's what I want. You yeah. know, because, of course, in Origins and Odyssey, you had a chance to fight with the gods of that generation, of that era, of that civilization. You know, like I said, with Origins, you had these massive, huge battles with these these gods that stood of mountains above you, Anubis, Raw, all of them. And they just br brought the reign of hell on you. As you fought them with your little bitty bow and arrow, because <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it was. Now the the fight with the gods in Odyssey was really really disappointing to me, because um, because I, I I view I view those gods um, just 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 like just like I do the the, the gods of uh, of Egyptian times. Um, it was just to me they're, they're they're bigger than life. They're larger than the universe. Yeah. You know, whenever I fought <clears throat> Hades. I wanted to fight hell. I wanted to fight Hades. I didn't want to fight someone who stood three inches taller than me with a with an axe that was somewhat okay. Yeah. You, you wanted know? to actually see. I, I wanted yeah. to fight. I wanted to fight the fucking devil. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, that's what I wanted. You know, whenever I fought Hermes, you know, I wanted to be so frustrated because he was so fast you couldn't hit the motherfucker. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Um, I didn't get that. And by the time I went to the, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I didn't get that. And, and the, the hardest battles of Odyssey were actually of the mythical creatures of the Cyclops, of the Cerberus, yeah. and so on and so forth. The Cyclopses were the hardest battles. Fuck the Cyclops. And let me tell you something. I didn't even, even realize the Cyclops was there and went around the back of that island. Oh, and, and the you motherfucker fell down in that pit, did you? Yeah, I <laughs> fell down into the pit. And then I was like, what's going on? It was like, and I looked up. I was like, holy shit. I, I tell you right now, the two hardest fucking battles of that entire game of 
Odyssey. I know I know we're getting way off subject about Valhalla and Odyssey. Okay. But we're talking about the, the mythical creatures and the battles and yeah. the scales of the battles was A, Cerberus, whenever I fell from, um, uh, what is the, what, what is this, what is that city? Shit. What? The city that Hades built for his wife. Uh, I can't remember. Fuck, I can't remember. Anyways, I fell through the pit that went down to hell. And of course, the gates to the he- gates to Hades, gates to hell, is guarded by Cerberus. Three-headed, three-headed dog. So you had to, I remember you told me Cerberus was tough. Yes, I had to fight Cerberus. Okay. But the other hardest battle was the legendary creature, the fucking boar. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you said Medusa was hard. Medusa was easy. Oh, really? You just had to stay in line of sight. Oh, okay. And keep moving. But th- that, that's just, that's your say or your say. Anyways, back to Valhalla. Legendary um, boar. I, I know. I just, I got off on Odyssey, which was a great <laughs> game, by the way. It's okay. Yeah. Valhalla. Um, and of course, you know, we talked about them bringing aspects from the, from the past games. The Odyssey and Origins kind of stepped away from the whole Assassin's being an assassin, yeah. you know, perspective. Now, yes, you can still hide in a bush. You can still hide in a bush <laughs> and sometimes hide in a bush. But that's all you had. You couldn't you couldn't really blend in with anybody. Yeah, because there wasn't really any aspect no, of, like, the assassins, uh-uh. uh, like, clan or whatever else until they did the first Blade DLC, right? Exactly, exactly. But th- they took that aspect away because, of course, they, they jumped into a whole other thing of RPG, yeah. which was a great jump. Don't get shit twisted. I yeah. absolutely loved it. But of course, me being who I am, I, I, I no, almost ninety percent of my kills in all my games, all especially stealth. Origins and Odyssey, is assassinations. Yeah. Um, because one, your XP gets you get X, XP quicker, yeah. and so on and so forth. You can build your your character faster. But that's what I view Assassin's Creed at. Yeah. Even Black Flag was a little bit iffy on that. Also, you could hide in a bush. Yeah. Um, but they're bringing back that aspect from the very first Assassin's Creed. Where you can blend in with the crowd. You put your hood on, you walk around with folks. And what they call them? The shadowed ones? The shadow ones. No, the hidden ones. The hidden ones. The yeah. hidden ones. Um and of and of course the uh uh and of course the other one was the uh the order or something. Yeah, the the uh the ancient ones. The ancient ones, yeah. yeah. So, so that's obviously the, te- the, uh, the, the Templars. The Templars. But they're bringing back that whole aspect of the assassination because I yeah. think we're getting to that point. You know, Origins was kind of the first talk about the Hidden Blade. Yeah. Uh, Odyssey was was a stepping to- stone into the next um, into the next generation, the next civilization. And, of course, the, the, the Hidden Ones, the Ancient Ones, I think we're fixing to get into that really, really built into the into the into the Templars yeah. into the uh, Assassin's Creed and of course that's going to go you know build over to um, watch you know dep- I wonder if they're going to make this world grow you know what I'm saying I would think they, they I would think possibly they would because like depending on <clears throat> Origins had the aspect that like depending on how you did the missions or whatever else wouldn't the story change it it, it would change very small but it wouldn't be i don't think that they've really said that like depending on your decisions the story will actually change but i I think i would think that they have it set in placement to where like when you really start doing like like the the creeds missions that you're you're gonna see more uh, of an in-depth look of like hey this is classic assassin's creed storytelling but you you can you you do that and then you can do all these other missions at the same time. It just looks fucking great. It looks like the culmination of everything that fans have wanted for so many years. The culmination of like work to really bring Assassin's Creed back 
to what it was once and what it what it is now. You know what I'm saying? Because like Assassin's Creed 2, I'll say it till I'm until the day I die. Assassin's Creed 2 was still, if not one of the best Assassin's Creed games to ever released. Hands down, brother. It was amazing. It was such a good game. And it really, really furthered along the story. So uh, even though I did have disagreements with the way the story has progressed and they've kind of stepped back from the aspects of like the Creed and the Templars and all that other stuff, I like that they're really starting to heavily push, hey, listen, we know that we have these really cool stories to tell about these people, but the Creed is here. The Creed is, 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 this is going to be one of the main focuses on the game as well. Um, and it's not just something of like, hey, we're having DLC that's coming out later. I, no, and I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. You know, the um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey really stepped into the, uh, into that story about the ones before. Yeah. They really, really did. And the DLC of Atlantis took it to a whole other level of the ones before. Yeah. And it was so great how they connected Atlantis. With the new with the, with the world and stuff yeah. like that, it was just it was great. The, the, I think they were called the Izu, yeah, um, or the Izu, whatever you want to call them. Um, but but like I said, Odyssey really started with the DLC for sure. Really stepped into that role of telling the story about the about the ones before, yeah. and of course, and and as spiritual as the Vikings were, yeah, we're fixing to see a whole lot more story in Asgard. Oh, I told you, hell yeah, you, we are. It's going to be very exciting. Um, as you can tell, we're, we're very excited. I do. I would really like to hear some of your opinions on what you saw and what you're excited about for Valhalla. So make sure to tweet us out um, and let us know what you think. Or, of course, just leave us a message on anchor.fm. So with that being said, we're going to move down into segment number two. <clears throat> so why was Mass Effect such a huge success? And what series... Is there that is better than the Mass Effect? Do you series? want me to start this one too? So yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason why I bring this up is like recently, you know, me and Bolts are really similar whenever it comes down to like listening to music. Like there's some songs I'll listen to or whatever else, but there's also a lot of times that I really listen to video game soundtracks. Absolutely. Like I love going to getting on Spotify and listening to like video game soundtrack playlists and Hell it just yeah, like scrolls bro. through all these Hell game yeah. soundtracks. That's one of my favorite you know things. what's really great is when you're listening to them and you hear that one soundtrack and, and you're, you're like, like oh, i yeah. remember that that level you know yeah Absolutely. so see that happened to me and that's the reason why we're actually talking about this because um i was going to get something uptown or something like that and um i was listening to video game uh, soundtrack playlist on on spotify and <laughs> Um, leaving Earth from Mass Effect 3 um, popped on, and it is like the song. It's one of the songs that I've always said, hey, listen, I may not think Mass Effect is like one of the best series, you know, or like I do like it, but it's not like something I've played over and over again. But Leaving Earth was such a good song man it had those like such heavy kind of like hope feels and dark feels of, of going like boom, like whenever it hits those oh, real yeah. low drops yep. so i was listening to it and then it made me start thinking about like the theme of the elusive man and then i really just kind of started thinking about mass effect as a whole 
And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, of course, a lot of people will say this, but, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Mass Effect 1, of course. Like, well, I, I, don't I played very, it. Very few people to are. To about 50%, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but Mass Effect 2 was just such a good game. Mass Effect 2 was so amazing, and it was such a good experience. And then Mass Effect 3 came, and... Me and Bolts will still stand by this, that the original aspect of the game, I, I loved how it ended. I loved the way it played out. I think that they should have never done DLC to where you could choose how the game ends. It's ridiculous that they even had to do it. Um, but with that said, I also have other series that I look at when it comes down to storytelling that I do personally feel are better series when it comes down to overall story. So Bolts... Before we get into my opinion, <laughs> um, why do you think or why was Mass Effect such a huge success when it comes down to just overall story? Okay. Um, Mass Effect, um, of course, if anybody knows me slightly, a little bit, you understand that Mass Effect is is my video game universe. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I, I lost myself in many, many, many hours and many, 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 many game pl- game th- uh, gameplays. So many different um, variations, so many different endings, so many different romances, so many different deaths. Um, uh, the, the the psychological, emotional roller coaster that each one puts you through. It is just, it takes you to the highest, to the lowest points of of of, of my video game life. It absolutely did. Um, now you know I'll, I'll start from the I'll start from the beginning. Mass Effect was such a huge success because it, it did something that no other game had ever done at that point in time. Yeah. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a decision-based game that really affected the game. Yeah. Um, depending on what you did um, through, throughout the game affected the next game and so on and so forth. Now, when Mass Effect 1 first came out, um, we had no idea uh, that whatever decisions that you made in the first one would affect the second or the third one at that time. Cause yeah. they had said, they said nothing about it. All we knew knew is your decision-making in the first one would affect the game itself. Who lived, who died, um, what, so on and so forth. Um, I remember when the second one came out, they're like, depending on your decisions. So like- yeah, exactly. So, um, the first one, like I said, the, the, the biggest point for mass effect was that aspect of decision-making, affecting the game um and it really made you sit there and and, and even <laughs> the sad part about it is it, whatever decision you made you didn't find out about it until you know 60 hours later and then rex dies because ashley shoots him okay <laughs> fucking dick anyways <laughs> i was so, okay i'm just saying that, okay and and you don't find that out until the end of the fucking game and you're like what <laughs> and of course you don't think about it, and then when you start at the second one, Rex isn't there. You're like, oh, no, he could be there, and so you go back and play the first one to try to get that ending, so you can have him in the second one. And so it's 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 just the way it is, and that's that's what makes Mass Effect so great and so big. Now, as far as the story goes, the story is really is 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 awesome. I I love the story. This whole this whole aspect of this this galactic species that comes and wipes out all life form every 50,000 years because it gets because they 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 say it gets to the point where 
you know, whatever, all species, whatever it is, species gets to that point where it does nothing but harm itself. So they have to basically come cleanse it and start over again. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I don't care it's what cool. anybody says. I just really great. Now, as far as the story goes, now, in, in these games, you do have these characters. You have tons of characters, great characters that you grow and you, you get attached to and so on and so forth, you know. But also, with these characters, they come with shit tons of backstory. Yeah. Shit tons. I mean, it is it is it was backstory overload. And in in order to grasp all of what Mass Effect is, you have to sit there and you have to listen to these backstories. Listen to the conversations between your characters. Between missions, you go and spend another hour just talking to your your companions and your squad mates and so on and so forth. Now also in the in the, in the Mass Effect game itself, you know, they came out with, with books um between each game series basically, with backstories of some of the major um, uh, uh, incidents in the Mass Effect universe, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like Captain Anderson, Anderson and Saren. What were their? What was the big whole ordeal with that? And and of course they don't they don't say this until about midway to the endway of uh, the first Mass Effect. But Captain Anderson was actually the very first human Spectre, and it wasn't Commander Shepard. Yeah, you know. And of course, uh, Captain Anderson. Uh, suspected Saren to working with uh, the enemy for the longest time and it's just been one of those things and you wouldn't know that unless you read the fucking book that came out yeah so huge huge success Mass Effect was the aspect of what <laughs> you that, to talk right I know there. right I know huge success <laughs> Mass Effect was it was the aspect of the of, of the gaming of the game changing dynamics of yeah. because like I said you, you you made a decision on the first one it affected the second one. Whatever you decided in the second one and the first one affected the third one. Yeah. Whatever, you know, it was just so many different outcomes and so many different variations yeah. that you could play the game 32 times. And, and it's different. And it's almost different every single time depending on what you do. Yeah. Um. And, and of course, like I said, these characters that, that they produce in the Mass Effect universe, there are some you really, really grew to. There's some that you didn't give a shit about. Caden, but that's a different story. <laughs> Fuck Caden. <laughs> um, <but laughs> I will say, you, hey, I will, say, I will say this. In Mass Effect 3, Caden's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. Because he's a Spectre. He's got all these biotic powder, yeah, powers, and he's still, just amazing. Fuck him. I don't like him. Right? But, I mean, even even when it comes down to the AI, um, you know, you, you, you grow attached to the AI. Yeah. Um, I think it was Edith. I think that was what they called her. Uh-huh. Um, but you grow attached to her, and then in the third one, she gets a she gets a but basically a robotic form, you know, uh-huh. a, a synthetic form, yeah. and it be- makes her become more more human like. And then you go even more attached to her. And then Joker and her have a relationship because Joker's got brittle, brittle bone disease. Yeah. He can't really have a relationship with anything because he walks and he falls apart. And it's just it's the, that fucking aspect is really great, <laughs> you know, and it just it's. I, I, I don't I don't love any other series like I loved Mass Effect only for the fact f- mainly for the fact that I, I, I grew so attached to my characters mm-hmm. to my universe to I can, I can I can understand I could even understand the Reapers what they did why they did what they needed to do and so on and so forth they were just like a big fucking Hoover vac yeah. you know and they they did it for a reason um, and of course the human race who we who we are. We do, we do, we're resilient. 
I mean, we 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 fight the the, the Black Plague, the <laughs> you know, the World War One, two. You know, I mean, this this is what we do. We we are resilient yeah. species, and the Reapers have never faced anybody like us. Yeah, and we just go out and fight them, and we just don't give a fuck. It's yeah. like, bro, bring it, yeah. and it's just ah. Oh. Okay, your turn. You can go. I know. I can talk about this shit <laughs> no, forever. I, I really but can. Listen, let me say it like this. Oh. I've always very much respected uh, the fandom behind Mass Effect. Let me say one more thing before you go. Okay. Mass Effect Andromeda. <sighs> okay. Uh, Mass Effect, <laughs> no. Mass Effect Andromeda was a really, 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 really hate train. Um, the, that game had some of the best player movement of any of the games I've ever I, I've played. And of course that's because it was on the Xbox Xbox One. Yeah. And of course everything ran smoother, faster, crisper, so on and so forth. But even like certain RPGs and stuff like that, um, it was just the the way the, the, the character and you could use your powers, the fluidity that you could use on your controller from the R B to L B and then boom, boom, boom. It was really great. They failed to deliver on almost any everything else. Yeah. And it's, the, I mean, the, the, I say almost everything else. The worlds themselves were absolutely gorgeous. Um, but that that was to be expected. You're on this next-gen console with some of the best gra- available graphics cards and, and, and so on and so yeah. forth. And you can't but, get a face right. Exactly. And, and, but the, and you they, barely have any species. They fell so <laughs> flat on the biggest parts of the game. And in and, and all reality, if you really want to look at it and say Mass Effect was a huge success, Mass Effect was a complete debacle because of Andromeda. I, I, I agree. Um, I think that when they did fix some of the problems with it, you know, it was good. But Andromeda still fell short whenever you compare it to Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. My thing is this. As I said, I respect the fandom behind it. I respect the fact. Tally died. <laughs> I respect the fact that she died. Fuck I respect dick. Bioware um, tremendously for everything that they've done with the Mass Effect series, and I hope that this next Mass Effect is just a fucking amazing, unbelievable game. Um, my thing is this: um, I played it. I played two. I played three, and then, like you know, I was like, "Good game." And then that was it. Like, I didn't have the connection that, like, Bolts had with it. It wasn't something that I was just constantly thinking about. I ended two, and I was like, wow, that was great. I ended three, I was like, man, that was awesome. But it wasn't something I just continuously talked about. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, I thought it was really cool that there was those perspectives of, like, being able to, like, depending on your choice, it would choose how the game played. But I had already had one of those games that I really got connected to um, when it came down to choice-based decisions, and that was Bioshock. And when Bioshock had that, of course, Bioshock 1 came out after Mass Effect 1 did, I believe. I think so. Um, But with that said, Bioshock was one of those games that, yes, it wasn't, like, it wouldn't completely change the world and it wouldn't change your team, but, like, depending on your decisions in the game, it would give you a different ending. Um, And when you look at the series as a whole, the Bioshock Bioshock series as a whole, when you connect the the perspectives of, like, you know, one, and, of course, two was kind of meh, you know, it it was okay, but when you played Bioshock Infinite, now I know you played Bioshock Infinite. 
But yes. when you played Bioshock Infinite and you got to that ending to where you you realize all of this is the same exact characters. You know, Comstock and all these people that are in here, they're the same characters from the previous ones because it's all connected in a universe. It's just a different universe from this. Bro, listen, at the ending of, of Bioshock Infinite, I was so shocked. I literally had to just pause the game and wait until Dara came home. And then I explained it to her and went back and let her like watch the sequence to where it was like, Hey, you know, there's these portals and you know, there's different universes. And then when I real, like when she realized that Bioshock infinite was literally almost a retailing of Bioshock one, but it was in a different, you know, universe. It was just mind fucking blowing. Like it blew my mind. So I was just, I was shook. So I had that connection with that game, you know, cause it was that choice base, depending on what you do is, is something different and all this other stuff. But the game that really, really just stuck with me that I feel is a better storytelling connection to me is the Metal Gear Solid series. I, I, and, and I absolutely understand that 110 yeah, Like my Metal Gear Solid to me is, you know, you know, Mass Effect of Bolts. Um, so just the overall story of Metal Gear from it, it, I always had this weird thing, like whenever Metal Gear Solid 1 came out on the PlayStation and I started really looking into the story and I realized that Metal Gear came out the same year I was born and all this other stuff, I was like, I'm connected by my soul to this game. But the overall story of, of the Metal Gear Saga was just impeccable. I mean, it was it was one of those games that really just like spoke to me. It was, <coughs> uh, excuse me, it was one of those games that it was to me personally and to a lot of people in the in the gaming world. Metal Gear Solid, when it came out on the PlayStation One, it was one of the first games to give you that cinematic type of experience. You know what I'm saying? When it came down to storytelling. When it came down to drama, when it came down to just everything in general, you know, you had this, you had this guy that like, you know, big boss or solid snake, um, that naked snake, however you want to call him, (laughs) you know, that was just this unbelievable soldier. And that had done so much for, for his country and all this other stuff. And then to be consistently screwed over and even screwed over to the point that they, that a secret government creates a project called Les Enfants Terribles to where it's like, Hey, listen, we got his DNA and we're going to clone him and we're going to make the perfect clone. You know, I could go into that for hours. You know, you find out in Metal Gear Solid 2 that the perfect clone to Big Boss was actually Solidus Snake, which was the third brother. He was literally the perfect embodiment of Big Boss and what his ideolo- uh, ide- ideological mindset was of like, uh, he just knew everything. And then you had, you know, Liquid Snake and Solid Snake and they were tw- like twins and this big connection of like the secret world government that literally acts like they're they're down to help everybody and they're literally fucking everybody over this whole time. And it was just so fucking epic. You know, and like when Metal Gear Solid 4 was going to release, they talked about how the game had like a total of almost four and a half to five hours worth of cutscenes in it. And everybody was like, holy shit, you know, that's a lot of fucking cutscenes. And it was, but it was an experience. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I felt. That's why I look at it. And, and I feel that 
Mass Effect, yes, it's a, it's such a big success. You know what I'm saying? But Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 um, were just, and even 4, of course, were just the epitome of what game stories are meant to be in, in my perspective. Now, Metal Gear Solid 5 was a great game. The Fox engine looks unbelievable. It was a really, really good game. But I feel it was very convoluted and... It told a story, and it even had me kind of shook when when you find out that 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 Big Boss is not actually Big Boss. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a really big story in that, but it was convoluted in my perspective as a gamer because I feel that they added too much to that. They they brought in things from um, from previous Metal Gear titles, uh, like you know Portable Ops and all this other stuff that. Like, oh, well, you know, you have you have all these different areas. You have your army that you have to manage. You have this and that. To me, I felt that that added too much to that that cinematic experience that I, that I really, really wanted. So I was disappointed with Metal Gear Solid V. I feel that it was a good game. I feel the gameplay was great. But I feel like it also missed a step when it comes down to what, what Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4 had built up. But with that said... I still do personally feel that like, you know, games like Bioshock and Metal Gear um, had a better, I had a better connection with those. And I feel like it, they were better storytelling games than what Mass Effect was. Mass Effect was a great story, but it just was not something that really just stuck with me because I, although I did feel that it was something new, I also felt that it was something that I had played before because it was this interstellar dude and like, hey, I'm a human and I'm coming into this realm of like, you know, all these different species and I'm going to be a total badass and just kill everybody. So, but that that's a real, really dumb down way of saying that I didn't like Mass Effect, I guess, you and, know, and, 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 you know the and, fun, and, and, the, but I did like it, right? you know, it's just, and, and, and it's funny you just mentioned that because that's, that I completely forgot about that. Mass Effect also introduced a, a Paragon and a Renegade effect. Depending on how nice you were or how much of a dick you were, gave you different conversations with different characters for different outcomes that will also affect the game. Yeah, you know, so that 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 was really really great about Mass Effect. Also, yeah, Continue. I agree. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, I could talk. We could literally. I could probably talk about Metal Gear Solid for hours. Bolts could probably talk about Mass Effect for hours. I did tweet this out earlier and said, you know, hey, we're talking about this in the show. Is there anybody that wants to comment and say, you know, is there a series that you feel is better than Mass, Mass Effect? Jordan Mason, um, one of the co-founders of Cinelink, said, um, I don't feel like there's many, but I will say the Metal Gear series is, is better. Um, Refused to lose on Twitter stated, in general, question mark, um, Borderlands series was a masterpiece of writing. Plus, it was just an overall great game. Um, I'm also a huge fan of. <laughs> I'm also a huge fan of Titanfall. Bolts. I don't know if Bolts like that or not. No, no and, and don't get shit twisted. I'm I'm a huge, huge Borderlands uh, uh, fanboy. Um, the story itself, I I don't I don't maybe I don't know. <laughs> Bolts. <laughs> He's a big fanboy for Borderlands, but like the look on his face, I wish y'all could have seen it. He was like, "Did you just now, say Borderlands had a better story than Mass Effect?" I, I will say this: there are very few characters in my gaming world that was written and played any better than what Handsome Jack was. 
Handsome Jack is almost like my one of my, if not my top character of all like, time. I wish Handsome Jack was my dad. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's a great character. He really is. Some of the Cinelinks folks also uh, commented on this. <clears throat> Move the joystick on Twitter, a.k.a. Matt, our games editor, stated, My immediate answer would be Uncharted and Final Fantasy, but I'm biased and will think on uh, this a little bit further. <clears throat> I don't know about Final Fantasy. <laughs> I've, I've had a really love-hate relationship no, no, with Final, well, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Well, Final Fantasy, each game basically has a different story. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which one Mike you said choose, Yakuza. Um, Becky said um, that she's a really big fan of Dragon Quest. So, which Dragon Quest is, is a pretty good game as well. Um, Mike also commented and said, I would have to say as well, the Resident Evil series. Um, which is a good one. That's, that's a good one to add in, but... This was kind of just like a fun topic. Um, I knew Bolts would kind of go on a little bit of a tangent about Mass Effect. He's like, whoa, fucking Tally. Tally's dead. Eat but my dick, bro. Anyways, um, with that being said, let's move down into the top gaming news. So top gaming news, topic number one, Borderlands 3 PS5 and Xbox Series X free upgrade release date has been officially confirmed. 2K Games and Gearbox confirmed that Borderlands 3's free next-gen upgrade or update for the PS5 and Xbox Series 1 will be available to download. Um, It states that right here in the middle, this is sourced from GameRant.com. Borderlands 3 players on Xbox One will be able to upgrade to either Xbox Series X or S entirely for free. Similar, Borderlands 3 players on PS4 will be able to upgrade to PS5 for free. The Xbox Series X and S uh, version of Borderlands will be available November 10th, while the PS5 and its Borderlands 3 upgrade will not release until the 12th. However, regions outside of North America like Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and more will have to wait until the 19th. Now, mind you, that is only because the consoles will not be launching worldwide until the 19th. So, the good thing about this is Borderlands tweeted out and stated, Borderlands 3 on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 will feature this. 4K, 60 frames per second, single-player and online-player multi uh, co-op, 3-4-player to four player split-screen, 2-player vertical split-screen, free current-gen owners who own the game will get the next-generation version of the game. So, Bolts. What up, G? As a Borderlands player uh, yes. and a fan that you are, um, what do you think? I mean, do you feel that... If you buy a game this late in a console generation, no matter the the game, no matter what platform it is on, do you feel that you should get a free upgrade to PS5? Um, sort of, kind of, almost, maybe. Yeah. Um, Borderlands, Borderlands Three, I can definitely see it because there's just so much volume that is Borderlands. Mm-hmm. There is so much DLC. There's so many, just everything about Borderlands, the whole series. You know, um, so if you bought Borderlands Three, um, and you want to re, and, and you've beat it, and you've got it sitting in your vault, and you want to replay it at 4K and 60, 60 frames per second, then that's all fine and dandy. Now, if you just buy it now, um, then just I guess wait until it comes out on <laughs> the next console. See, you know, I think so. that's kind of what you and me are doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just depends. I do plan on reviewing Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed, so it really just depends on that. But like a game like Cyberpunk, I'm just getting it on PS5. Like I'm not uh, gonna yeah. worry about an upgrade or whatever else. Um, but 
I feel that games, when it comes down to games like Spider-Man, um, Insomniac has kind of come under some heat because they did state that, like, if you wanted to play Spider-Man, um, like, Spider, if you had Spider-Man on the PS5 or PS4, you would have to pay for an upgrade to get, like, the full game. Now, if I think if you get Miles Morales on PS4, then you may be able to get a PS5 upgrade. Um, I did also uh, read as well, which this has been news for a bit, it's going to be really hard to transfer your save data. So if you have save data from Marvel's Spider-Man and then you try to move that into Miles Morales, it ain't going to happen. That's like, but I look at it like this. It's a different game. You know what I'm saying? Even though some people particularly look at it like DLC, it is a different game. You know what I'm saying? So it, I can't, I can't hate them for doing that. But there has been many times, and I think Bolts can agree on this, that I have that I've gone from uh, like going to, to PS3 and like playing the PS2 version of a game. They come out with an HD remaster or whatever on PS3. I was never like, can I transfer my save data? Same thing with PS3 to PS4 or Xbox um, Xbox 360 to Xbox One. There was never a time that I, I think me or bolts or anybody was like well i want to transfer my save data you know what i'm saying i just started over did you yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so what's the deal with it why is i mean i don't understand why that's such a topic of discussion everyone is literally saying i want to transfer my save data i have always just like if i move to another console i've always just started over so the one game I will say that it's going to be hard to start over is Ghost of Toshima. Now, there, are, there is the DLC that's coming out on the 16th that's going to add new trophies and the online player mode. Um, Last of Us 2, I played my fill on it. Like, I, I really enjoyed the game. I'm not going to worry about transferring my save data. Now, when it comes down to games like, for instance, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, if there's a PS5 version of the game, I would like to transfer my save data because I've unlocked a certain amount of stuff and I can play that with um, friends and family. Or, for instance, the new game I'm playing now with like Crash Bandicoot, you know, Crash Bandicoot 4, I want to be able to transfer my save data. Or Doom Eternal, you know, Doom Eternal um, is going to be playable on these next generation consoles, from my understanding. So the ancient DLC um, comes out on the 20th, and I'll be reviewing that. But there's another part of DLC that's coming out, part two, that I feel is not going to launch until like, you know, December. So if I'm playing Doom Eternal on my PS5, I do want my save data to transfer over. Um, but I feel that it's been too much of a focus. You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel that <clears throat> a lot of people have really made this into a mega issue when it really shouldn't be, you know, uh, I understand that you spend time and effort into whatever, but if you've already played a game from start to finish and you're moving to a next generation console, like I don't know why it's that big of a deal. I don't know. Um, with that being said, moving into topic number two, call of duty, black ops, cold war trailer reveals fire team dirt bomb mode. Treyarch shares new details regarding the 40-player Fireteam dirt, uh, dirt Bomb mode coming to Black Ops Cold War Beta this weekend. So this is really, really cool. Something that we're going to share more impressions about on CineLeaks.com. 
But Treyarch has released a trailer detailing the brand new mode for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Fireteam Dirtbomb mode will put will pit ten teams of four players against each other in objective baits matches in a large map. The game mode was announced during the Black Ops multiplayer reveal, but more details have just now been shown. Four-player teams will draw inspiration from Call of Duty Warzone, but the game mode is scaled down to 40 players on one map. According to Treyarch Fireteam, uh, the Fireteam mode will introduce two large maps, but no further details have been shared. In order to win, teams must collect uranium deposits and insert their found uranium into the dirt bombs around the map. When the bombs are primed with uranium, they will detonate and acquire, and you'll accrue points. <clears throat> so this is a really cool mode, but what's crazy about it is that like it also hints that there will be another map coming to Call of Duty Warzone. So I, I would feel that that would kind of be like you know, common knowledge, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. with as big as Warzone is. And when you look at companies like, you know, Epic games that literally relaunch their entire map for Fortnite, I would think that they would do this. It would be very weird to have a mode that is built into the game, like Warzone, or a connection that is built into the game, like Warzone. And like you're playing in the 1980s and then, Hey, let's hop on Warzone and it pops back into modern warfare perspective so i would think that when when call of duty black ops cold war comes out we are going to get a new Warzone map but this mode right here gets me really excited to see the new modes that are going to come out over time um now bolts i don't know i don't think you'll are you even excited about this mode at all okay listen 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 linda listen listen um i am not the biggest fan of Warzone by any means um I i just think the maps are too big it gives a chance for everyone just to kind of sit back relax do whatever the fuck they want stop up in a tree all day long and you know and and, and don't get shit twisted I, those people who can snap snipe across the map i give you all the power in the world because you've you've honed your skills to kill people on the other side of the map while you're hiding in the bush over here this is an assassin's creed but that's besides the point yeah now the other day i uh i jumped on warzone with Aaron, my son, and um, his stepdad, Gil. And is exactly, exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. Look, unless there's, there's no running to the other side of the map to try to, to, to get your objective. Because the moment you, you remotely run be, from behind an object, there's 20 little sparkly scopes in the distance. <laughs> hammering down your skull. And it's just, it's so fucking irritating. It truly is. I'd rather deal with a 360 no-scope than that bullshit all day long. Well, but that's the reason why you need to play modes like um, uh, Plunder. You know, Plunder Blood Money is a mode that puts you in that Warzone map, and you and, like, a team of three other people, a team of four people, basically, drop in, build up as much cash as you can over a 30-minute time frame in that map, and you can respawn, but as you respawn, you lose money. I did play this. I did play this one. This one map or level or game mode, whatever the fuck you want to call it, where you go around, and you collect like dog tags, and you got to turn them into the bank or some shit like that. I can't remember. What I don't know is, what the fuck it was. Did, did you, you enjoy it? Huh? No, no. Oh. What? No, I actually I did because we played on Rust, which was fun. <laughs> Are you talking about Kill Confirmed? It. It. it, it I mean, yes, it's it was Kill like Confirmed, Kill Confirmed, but. but- the dog tags you collected, you had to turn them into the bank. Oh, okay. And the team that got to, got to a certain point, like 250 or 150, where the fuck it was, 
they, they, they are the ones who won the who won the game. Yeah. But there was a time on that fucking map, and Rust is so fucking chaotic to begin with. Over there by the, uh, uh, I think that's the, the, um, it's the it's it's the uh, the storage container yeah, where yeah, you can yeah. run underneath it to the to like the gas tanks, and then there's a corner over there on the left. Anyways, at one point, uh, there was like. <sighs> I think it was like 257 dog tags. Good God. In one area because everybody would go there and then people would just. <laughs> yeah. It was stupid. It was so much fun, but it was so stupid. Yeah. You know, eventually someone was able to gather all of them yeah. because I think they hit a, um, they hit a kill streak or whatever yeah. and killed everybody. Or and whatever. they just the, ran over there and ran got, and got them. And got them and ended the game, you know, right then and there. But that was the most fun I had of any Warzone map configuration i don't even know if yeah. it was a warzone map configuration but game mode but as far as playing warzone and those big ass fucking open maps fuck your dog but listen listen no. listen linda you said it i'm gonna say it okay so first fire team dirt bomb looks really awesome i'm very excited to play it tomorrow um <clears throat> secondly with that said I feel that if they bring over a mode like Plunder into uh, Black Ops Cold War's version of Warzone, I think you should really try it. And you should jump on there with people like, you know, me, Jesus, um, and even Wesley. Jump on there and do it because, bro, like, there has not been a time that I haven't jumped on there with a good team and not finished first and got unbelievable amounts of XP. So what's great about Cold War, though, is that... Depending, it, it, you don't even have to worry about like, okay, well, this is getting me XP for for Warzone. It's not getting me XP for everything else. It traver, it literally carries over through every mode in the game. Yeah. So if you if you play, if they come out with you know blood money into this version of Warzone or Call of Duty, you'll be able to gain all that XP, and it'll actually help you out in multiplayer. It'll help you out in zombies. It'll help you out in everything. So I'm I'm very excited for the fact that they're going to offer that progressionary uh, aspect of the game that will literally, you know, go across every mode in Call of Duty. Um, but I can understand your, like, you really like classic multiplayer because you and me ran the shit out of World War II. Like, oh, it was... I miss it so much. It was such a good game. I miss it so much. World War II, the, the progression on that, on that game of being able to, like... You know, sign those contracts and do certain things, use certain guns and unlock new guns and all that. It was really, really great. I I know you too, bro. I do too. But I think Cold War has a really good system set up. And I feel that if if it does work out the way that I think it's going to, as popular as Plunder is, I would expect them to bring something like that over into this new version. So I'm very excited for Fireteam uh, Dirt Bomb, and uh, we're going to give our impressions on that in the next few days or oh, so. I, I want the whole progression system from World War II on all Call of Duties. I know, man. It was such a great aspect. It was. From everything. But that's Sledgehammer, the, bro. From I the mean, skins. To the to the even the charms to the different variations of the same gun and the oh, but I think also honestly I think you and me really enjoy um, uh, World War Two aspect Call of Duties compared to like Modern Warfare. I do, I do, but it still was just the whole <laughs> oh, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, um, so moving on to our next topic at hand, Spider-Man Miles Morales 
has some really good features that are coming. Um, and in a uh, in a Game Informer interview, uh, and Shinobia tweeted out basically the key uh, features of this interview. Um, they announced some really cool stuff that's coming, and and I'm really impressed with with what is going to be coming to this game. Of course, we would expect this anyways, but the PlayStation 5 um, version of Miles Morales, uh, it says PS5 dynamic mode or performance mode, dynamic 4K, 60 frames per second. PS5 fidelity mode, it will have uh, the option to switch, of course, and you can have 4K, 30 frames per second, ray tracing and other improved visuals. So as somebody that's not like extremely big on 60 frames per second, cool um the fact that they do give you the option of being able to play the game in 4k at 60 frames per second and not really have all that it is what it is i do say i I will say that i kind of expected it to still be able to have ray tracing at 60 frames per second but that's neither here or there the main focus on this is that there will be no load screens even when you fast travel so this is a really big thing so it, it didn't take forever to load um it it took up to like 15 seconds i think and i've seen many games out there like you know metal gear solid for instance that would take like up to a minute to load a new new section on Mm -hmm. metal gear solid 4 uh the fact that there's going to be no load screens is something that i would really i expect when the ps5 and the xbox series x launch or the xbox when they launch these new consoles, I expect that from here on out. That, if we do not have games, if we got, if I have a game that pops up and there's a fucking load screen, I'm gonna be, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm gonna be mad. It's you know, to sit here and think about it, it's it's kind of it's kind of it's, it's, it's petty. It, it's not petty. It's just <laughs> it's it's kind of mind numbing because you'll be like, all right, well, time to go through the door. Oh shit, gotta play. You yeah. know, it, it, just think like, about it, man. We would actually, I'm sure you would do the same thing. Like if a game was loading or had a load screen, I would use that like as a, you know, intermission. Uh, I would yeah. like get up and be like, okay, let me go get something to drink real quick. But the fact that that I, I've seen it already, I've seen gameplay of it on like Miles Morales, for instance, um, of them fast traveling and it, it, there's no load time. It's literally you fast travel if you die or something like that. It's like instantaneous loading. Or on the Astros, you know, play world or whatever. It, instead of it just being an introductory game mode that's downloaded, it's actually like a 3D platformer. And they showed on a recent gameplay video that like he died. And then within like a millisecond or like one second, he was, you know, you were revived and you were playing again. So it is very mind numbing that we're getting into these, you know, consoles that are going to have this ability um and and i have to say i am very excited um to see what is to come of that so that's more or less kind of a quick hit topic um next is is something that uh i'm excited for because uh you know i've we've seen this before of course at like taco bell they've done these type of uh contests taco bell for years has done you know next generation console contests they did you know, the Xbox One, then they did a gold PS4, then they did, now now they're doing the Xbox uh, Series X contest. Um, but with that said, they, they're, you know, I haven't really seen much about, like, PS4. You know, it's been more centralized around Xbox. So, it was crazy. The other day, um, there was a commercial that popped up or on Twitter, and it was, uh, showed the Burger King standing there with a really big bag. He opens it up, blue 
light shines out. You hear the startup noise for the PlayStation 5. Um, and it was it was just kind of like, I knew it right then. I'm like, they're doing a fucking contest. You know, this this is really cool. So without, without me understanding how big of a contest this was, I was just like, okay, cool. They're doing a contest. They're going to give away a couple of... You know, PS4. Fuck that. They're giving away a thousand, bro. One thousand PS5. Bro, I read that. I was like, wow. A thousand. That's so nuts to me. So it says right here that starting October 15th, fans can download the BK app and order their two for five meal for a chance to win one of 1,000 PS5 consoles provided by Sony, as well as a copy of Demon Souls and Sackboy A Big Adventure. I wonder if I wonder if they give away all thousand like in the first day. <laughs> that would be nuts. Um, this is a huge giveaway, but it doesn't stop there. If you don't win a PS5, you but still wait, have a chance to more. win a copy of Demon Souls or Sackboy Big Adventure or even three months of PlayStation Plus. If this doesn't if this doesn't entice you to go buy a bit uh, Burger King two for five mil, I really don't know what else will. Um, but I will state this. The contest is only seven days long. That's what I'm saying, so man. So it's October twenty, uh, October fifteenth to October twenty second. So, well, it, that, well, that makes sense. It can only be yeah. seven days because it launches next fucking month. Yeah, exactly. And they've got to get that shit ordered if they don't already have it already. Oh well, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so this is a really big thing. But other people have looked into this in a different way. I see IGN has posted about it and GameStop and or GameSpot and whatever else. A lot of people think that tomorrow we're not just going to get like a trailer or an announcement or whatever else to where it's like, hey, this is our contest. This is what we're doing. It's going to be really cool. This is when it's starting. But they're, they're, they're saying that some people think that this is a hint that on October 15th, we're finally going to get a video that shows off the PlayStation 5 UI. Um, if that is the case, then fucking great, because I am sick and tired of waiting to see what the UI is like. Look, look you're just going to be able to put in your game. It's going to pop between listen, your choices. Listen. And then you'll be able to choose settings and stuff. <laughs> it's nuts to me. It, it, it really is crazy because they've done tests. They've done, um, you know, they've done a lot of uh, different um, percentages based off of, uh, you know, retailers and whatever else. And it states that the Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X have been very highly pre-ordered. But it still states that the PS5 is the highest pre-ordered console in North America right now. And we don't even know what the fuck it, the, like the startup screen, the UI, the, the internal, like, I mean, yeah, we saw the breakdown, but like, we don't know what it's going to look like. Look, 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 we have no listen, clue. Listen, listen, it starts up, it says Microsoft Studios. <laughs> I'm like, shit, okay. As long as I get Xbox Game Pass, I'm, I'm fine. But it is really crazy to me. It's almost, um, I'm almost dumbfounded by it because... They're not, like, they have not done anything close to what Xbox has done. Xbox is, like, sending all these consoles out and whatever else. PlayStation has been way more structured. Only letting certain people out there. Now, I will say this. One thing that I feel that PlayStation is doing better than Xbox. Xbox is showing their console to people and they're showing off some gameplay or whatever else. But, like, PlayStation is showing off a lot of gameplay. They showed off the Demon Souls gameplay. They showed off Sackboy. They did the, you know, Astros, Play World, whatever thing. Um, and they have really shown a lot of a, a, a lot of gameplay. Now, I did see one of the people from Digital Foundry tweet this out about, uh, you know, this, this issue and stated that 
he feels that PlayStation was more ready for next generation when it comes down to games. When it comes down to like games that are available day one, hey, listen, here's all the gameplay, whatever else. He feels that Xbox was not extremely ready, but they they have the consoles ready. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, no, Xbox I- knows that they don't have a bunch of first party titles coming out this year. PlayStation knew that they were going to. So even though you look at certain games like, you know, some people probably look at like Sackboy, a big adventure, like, okay, well, it's a Sackboy game. Every PlayStation console or like the last two PlayStation consoles I've had, one of the first games that I've really, really, really heavily got into was Little Big Planet. So Little Big Planet 1 and 2 on the PS3, Little Big Planet 3, Little Big Planet Kart Racing, all this other stuff. I've always been a really big fan of it. So Sackboy big adventure is a is kind of a restructure of how the game is because it's going to be a 3d platformer so i'm very excited to see what comes of that but also even though i know i'm going to fucking die a lot demon souls is going to be a game that you're really going to have to get to to see the power of the playstation 5 you know it, it's not the demon souls you know franchise whatever else is not owned by sony but this game is um, partially produced uh, and and the making of it was partially done by Sony uh, Japan. So um, the the good thing about this is that we're really going to see what power is in this console with this type of game. And that's kind of unlimited like... Unlimited power. Unlimited power! Uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of like a, a shining of like what Uncharted was or like Heavenly Sword back in the day when PS3 launched. You know, those games came out and they were those games of like, I remember when the PS3 was about to launch. The Rise, Son of Rome. Yeah, of course, that that as well. But um, when the PS3 was going to launch, how Uncharted um, was so was such a big deal because like Nathan Drake could like roll through the water and his pants were wet when he like got up out of the puddle. You know, that was a really big deal. So I feel like Demon's Souls is going to be one of those games that, like, if you really want to see power at the beginning, this is what to get. But with that said, this is a very exciting contest, and uh, I hope um, some people that May listen... May odds be in your favor. Uh, yes, please. Let them be in my favor. That I do this great. tribute. <laughs> um, we got these next two topics. We're going to kind of quick hit them real quick um, and uh, get into the end of the show. Um, Quantic Dreams CEO David Cage reveals that he thinks the Xbox Series X will be a burden on the development of next generation games. Um, which to me, I don't really know exactly what to say about that, but in a recent interview, he had stated, in his opinion, Microsoft's affordable console will force developers to water down their games to hit both platforms with Cage admitting that he is not a big fan of the situation. He also went on to say many developers prefer consoles to PCs because on consoles you can only have uh, you only have to deal with one hardware whereas PC there are so many different configurations, graphic cards, drives, controllers uh, and you know much more. When a manufacturer offers two consoles with two different specs, there is a, there is a strong chance that most developers will focus on the lower end version to avoid doing two different versions of the game. He also continues stating elabor- uh, elaborated on why he finds the Xbox Series X to be a controversial choice by Microsoft. 
I think it is confusing for developers, but also for players. And uh, and I also thought that uh, uh, and although I can understand the commercial reasoning behind this choice, I think the situation is very questionable. Um, so he he feels as a developer, he feels that coming out with a console like the Xbox Series X that will play games in you know 4K if it's if it's accessible. They did say that the Xbox Series X can play in 4K. Uh, Xbox Series S can play in 4K, but it's like a very particular setting or something. I don't even exactly remember the quote, but it's 1440p um, and it'll play these next generation games. Um, but as what he said, he feels that the games are going to be dumbed down. What do you think about that? Bulls? Okay, first and foremost, the games will not. I mean, the games will be dumbed down. Um, you, you, but but games on PCs are dumbed down because every PC can't run every game to the full specs. So regardless of what you want to say, PCs will always be dumbed down unless you have a fifty-seven, six thousand dollar, nine hundred thousand dollar system in yeah. your house. You know. Yeah, because you have to change the setting. Fucking yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do all the damn time. They don't care what it is. Try to run. Try to run. Um, Crisis on an old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Every game on a PC is dumbed down, and that's exactly what he's talking about. These consoles are are hardware, you know, solidified. I mean, boom! This is what you get, and this is what you can play. Mm. The the One S, um, the Series S, excuse me. Well, yes, absolutely, it will dumb down it. But as a developer, you don't make a game for the S. You make a game for the X. You you decide that mm. as a developer. Well, what do I want my game to play on? Do I want to play on the X or do I want to play on the S? You make it for the X, and then Microsoft develops a patch that it dumbs that down for the S. That's what the shit that's for. Yeah, see, and I agree with that, too. Like, I can understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, I would think, like, the the developers that are working with Microsoft are, they know, they, they yes. know this. Yes. So, in the perspective of, like, making a game for the Xbox Series X... They, they know on the Xbox Series X it's going to be 4K, 60 frames, 120 frames per second. But it's more or less the perspective of like them adding in certain aspects of the game that if it is played on the Series S, it's only going to get 1440p. It's just, so it's still an Xbox Series game. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just like, it's just like the current, the current gen. Okay, I have a 1X and now I play Call of Duty on 1S. Yes. The 1X looks so much better than the 1S. So where, where, where's where, where's the argument? It's just it's just how it is. Yeah, the, the I mean the argument. No, yeah, I get what you're nothing, saying. Dude, yeah, the, the argument doesn't really He's particularly make sense. Wrong. So um, <laughs> I just had to comment about that. So um, anyways, so really cool stuff. Like as time has gone along, we're getting closer to November. And of course, Bolts, uh, as what he said earlier, he said that he he's not going to be able to play the game just yet when it comes out. But Cyberpunk's Twitter page has been tweeting out all different types of screenshots for the game. Okay, I have a question. Before we get on this, I know this is the podcast. It's okay. I'm sending text messages through my phone. Okay. And uh, Dusty, my girlfriend, will send me a, a message at 10.52, and then I'll send her a message, and it says... She received it at 1051. What the fuck? I don't know. Your fucking phone's time. It's your old phone. (laughs) Shit. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. My bad. Um, Anyways, but 
they're they're sharing these really cool screenshots. So like they shared one to where it says don't cross the line and it shows like the swords coming out of his arm. Uh, and then they show another one. It shows the Wakanda forever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that would be a really cool feature in Cyberpunk, I'm sure. Um it shows the heat, and it shows a character running towards the screen. There's bullets flying everywhere. And then they also showed another one that says, Welcome to North Oak, um, which I have not. I have honestly, I've kind of taken a Boltz's route on this game. I've not looked into the lore of this game. Mm-hmm. I've not looked into barely anything outside of what we saw at E3 this past year, which was great. But I'm not looking into the story of this game. I'm not looking into any leaks. Um, like I'm excited for it. I'm gonna play the fuck out of it when it comes out. But I'm not gonna have this game spoiled. Oh hell! You know what no. I'm saying? Like I don't like the map. Supposedly the whole map leaked out, and like I was just scrolling through Twitter and somebody shared it, and I'm like, nope. And I just scrolled past it because I want this to be like one of those games that I think honestly, oh, even I when the, the trailer, the launch trailer comes out, I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, I'm so excited, yeah. bro. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so crazy that it's it's right there. And this is a game that people have talked about for so long. And yes, it was delayed, but this game is gonna be the pinnacle of like first person shooters. Oh, I know, I can't. You know, and, just and just role playing games in general. But <sighs> if you wanna see some of these screenshots Head on over to Twitter and check out the Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter page. Look at them and all drool, but do not spoil anything for us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I said, these last two uh, topics were a couple of quick hits. So far in the wind, it's gone, bro. Yeah. I do appreciate everybody tuning in to episode 304 of the Second Opinion Podcast. As I usually say at the beginning, I'm going to say it now. Make sure to use the code Second Opinion Pro at popple.co. The iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro just got announced, and uh, they got all this different cool stuff. But one thing that is really awesome is that iOS 14 just updated all the old phones to have the NFC feature. So guess what? If you got an old iPhone, you can now have a popple, or you can share your stuff with old iPhones. And it's really, really awesome that a feature that they finally added to older iPhones. So if you updated to iOS 14 and you've always wanted a popple, um, you can get one, or if you want to share it with people that have an older one, you can easily do that now. Just tell them to turn on the NFC feature on their phones. But popples are about the size of a quarter. You attach them to the back of your phone. You connect all your social media profiles to it. And just with one tap to the top of an iPhone or to the middle of an Android, you share all your social profiles instantly. They just click on the link that pops up, takes you to your uh, to your Popple profile page, and then they can just click all your links and go wherever. So it literally eliminates the, the, the necessary need of having business cards because that right there is the best quote-unquote business card on the market and it's so cheap so if you head on over to popple.co use the code second opinion pro and save yourself 20 percent on your order i do want to give a big shout out to tj um he will be joining us back sometime soon on the episode things have just been crazy for him right now um and i also want to give a big shout out to bolts of course for being amazing and anytime i need to do a podcast i'm like hey can you come over he's like yeah let's do it so um, shout out to the whole Cinelinks crew. Shout out to everybody that tunes in. And make sure to check out episode 305 where I'm going to be talking about my impressions of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And I'll be doing my review of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace out. Peace.